0: This is The Office Manager Diaries, a podcast all about the highs and the lows of professionals in office management around the world. We'll delve into their career journeys and diaries where they'll share their stories, tips for success and things only office managers understand. Enjoy and please remember to give us a follow. Hi everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Office Manager Diaries. It gives me great pleasure to welcome our next guest, Barbara Sharp, PA and Office Manager at Made Brave. Hi Babs, how are you doing today?
1: Hi, I'm good, thank you. How are you getting on?
0: I am really well thank you thank you so much for being our next guest on the office manager diaries and for those listening you may have just picked up there that um, I've called Barbara Babs which is what she prefers to be called and anyone that knows her will know that so she's Babs from now on uh, just so you are aware but yeah really really excited to have you on I know you've listened to some of the previous episodes of the podcast and uh, you've shared that you're happy to be on as well so I really appreciate your time.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for having me. I'm so flattered to be here, especially amongst such amazing guests. So yeah, thank you. I really appreciate it.
0: Pleasure. Excellent. So I'll dive on in then. You've been at Made Brave for three years now, I believe. Yep. Can you tell me a little bit more about your role and how long you've been in this world of office
1: management for? So uh, like you said, I've been at Made Brave for three years. I started at the end or just coming up for three years. I started at the end of February in 2020, that awful, awful year. And I started on the Monday. We had an office launch party on the Friday where our CEO, Andrew, made a joke about this thing that was in the news and he would see everyone in a fortnight. Seven days later, we went into full lockdown and I didn't go into the office for nearly two years. I was an office manager without an office. So I was a bit of a nomad for the beginning of my career um, at Made Brave, but we made it work. You always make it work. It's the tagline of office management, and um, where I think it is anyway. But going back a bit further, I started my career not really knowing what I wanted to do. In high school, I wanted to do a lot of things. I was very into music. I wanted to do something down that end. I knew I wanted to be in business, just I didn't know what aspect of business I wanted to be in. So my colleagues always joke that I've worked in literally every field that there is out there, because for a number of years, I was an office temp. So I worked for a couple of different temp agencies. I sat at eight in the morning, got a phone call and told where to go cover. So I got a Baptism of fire in offices. You were getting thrown into lawyers' offices, running receptions. I worked in a housing association as an office admin for two days a week for six weeks. During a rent day, that was my job, was taking people's cash rent for the day. And it wasn't the greatest area of Glasgow. So people were coming in and were having an argument with the, the housing association. So paying their rent in like pound coins just to be awkward. But i done that for a while, and then while working in a couple of different pubs and a nightclub. So just work, 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 work. I've never, my work ethic's pretty um, legendary amongst my friend group. I'm never kind of, and don't like to sit still for very often. So worked in a couple of different pubs in a nightclub while being a temp during the day, and then thought, I'm going to go to college and do this music thing. So I went to college and did music business with event management, of all things. <laughs> To try and get into the music industry from a business perspective. However, timing was not on my side because I went to college at the same time that everybody else decided that they wanted to run Tea in the Park and manage bands and I ended up being part of a slew of people who all wanted to do the same thing. And with the commitments that I had in my life, I had my first flat and all of that. So I was very much like an 18 year old going, I can't work for nothing. I need to pay my bills. So went back into the world of office admin and temping and all that type of thing. And don't get me wrong, I had an absolute ball. Some of the characters I met were absolutely brilliant. And like I said, it really built that foundation of being one of those people that can just adapt to any situation because I didn't have a choice. I then shifted my vision a little bit and thought, I think I want to get into HR. So moved and worked for the British Red Cross for nearly five years as an HR data processing admin so all of the paperwork came in and I processed all of the HR paperwork for all of their staff all around the country um, all across the UK and Ireland and then all of their UK nationals that worked abroad as well so I worked very closely with the HR team with a view to potentially move to within the HR department. I done that for a while Started working in HR and realized I was too empathetic for HR. People were getting brought in for disciplinaries, and I was like, oh no, but they didn't read it. So I felt terrible. So um my amazing boss, who was the head of HR for the British Red Cross, sat me down one day and was like, Look, don't really think you're made for HR, but you're great at being admin. You pick things up really quickly, you can roll the punches, go for it. So I once again, was like, what am I going to do? Went back to Temping and then found a position as an, a wedding planner at an event company. I know, I've done everything. It's insane. So went in as a trainee event, a wedding planner for an event company who are based in Glasgow called 88 Events, who is run by one of the most powerful and intimidating women I've ever met called Sheila Samuels. And the way the woman commands a room is just a work of art and done that for about six months and then had my six-month review with her and she was like I don't think you're going to be a great wedding planner but you'd be a brilliant PA so why don't you look at that you're great at office management you're great at the project management aspect of it. just and I've always appreciated that right through my career the people who I've worked for being that candid and I like to make sure that I build that relationship with them so I went from that back to temp work, some more admin, and then landed at Fanjo. So that was an um, online gambling uh, company that were based in Glasgow and Edinburgh, and I ran their Edinburgh office. That's where I got a real vibe for office management in its purest sense. I was everything in that office. I was office manager, I was office admin, I ran their Glasgow office. And I done everything that needed to be done right from building their snack station to organizing their parties, everything. And that was when I got a real taste. And that was when I got my passion for office management. So I was there for five years and I wasn't really looking for anything. Um, was happy where I was and was happy being the office manager. That was when I got coined Auntie Babs because I'm too young to be anybody's mother. But I'm the cool aunt that like buy your beard and plan to a party but I'm also the one you can come to if you have any Anti-Babs. issues. Anti-Babs. Anti-Babs, because I am too young to be anybody's mother. <laughs> I'm standing by that. So that was where it got coined anti-Babs because if anybody- It's like had... the cool aunt Babs. Babs, yeah. you're not the mum. no the cool aunt. Yeah. So if anybody had any issues, anyone had any problems in their personal life or in their professional life, if they had any questions, it was, oh, go ask anti-Babs because she was the one that would be able to help. And I loved that part of my- career because it really built who I wanted to be as a PA and office manager I was a PA there as well for a while for the um, the CTO the chief technical officer that was a lot of travel booking and making sure he was where he was meant to be And then the Made Brave job came up just by chance. I knew the recruiter and he messaged me on LinkedIn and said, hey, I think you'd be really great at this. You've been at Fangio for nearly five years. Do you feel like a a bit of a change? And not going to lie, very, very intimidating because I'd went from I was going from tech and I'd known that that was my life for five years to a creative agency, which I'd never worked in before. And went in, met Andrew, met my predecessor Hannah and you know you have those moments where you just sit and you go yep I'm meant to be here. The dogs came in, we have office dogs, they came in during my interview and were all cuddly and snuggly and I had my first interview, it lasted ages, I talked far too long, I came out, I cried in my car because I thought I'd tanked (laughs) it. And I. Oh, no, we've all had moments like that, haven't we? Yeah. You genuinely think you
0: have done the worst interview. Yeah. And then you get the call and they're like, they loved you and you're like, "Uh, come again?
1: What? Uh (laughs) Yeah. So they were like, Uh, I got the phone call um, from the recruiter and was just like, they were like, yeah, they want you in for a second interview, they want you to do like a technical test. I was like, are you sure? Crying down the MA, but it was literally about 10 minutes after the interview had finished. So I went in for the second interview, expecting to get the technical test and all of that type of thing and had a bit more time with Andrew, which was great because that's who I'm PA for. And then met Stephen Weir, who's our chief operations officer, and met him. He gave me a wee bit of an interview chat with him. And as he was leaving, he kind of nodded at Andrew. And Andrew turned around and said, do you want the job? And I actually went, shut up, really? Because I thought I was just like, <laughs> I just wasn't expecting it. So got offered the job there and then, and a lot of the team were still in. So I then got introduced to the entire company that night and I came out to like 50 missed calls from my mum, everyone blowing up my phone being like, have you been kidnapped? Are you okay? Um, and it just kind of went from there. I didn't. Um, I handed my notes in, it was a very sad month. When I left, the, the team were very sad to see me go, but they understood that it was the next step of my career. Started at, started at Made Brave in 2020 and it's just been... Up from there. It's been great. There's been new challenges. Never thought I'd get to say I was an office manager for three offices during a pandemic, but here we are. And yeah, loving every single day.
0: Absolutely love it. So, I mean, what a journey. <laughs> I think there's like a common theme here, though, that you potentially realized at the time. And, and like you say, it's great that you built those relationships with people, like the wedding. Um planner and the you know the previous boss who in the HR profession was like you're not for HR and I think that is so good and I've had some great bosses in my career who have you know really mentored me and helped me see what I'm good at and what I'm not so good at and that kind of stuff but there is definitely a common theme which is you are pivotal and central to the organization of something be that like you say, the events and the music planning and and that kind of thing, or the wedding organizing, or even in HR, there's still a key element of administration and organization there. And the fact that people say you're, you're, I mean, I think office management is much more than being an administrator. I think that downplays the role somewhat. 100%. But yeah, and but there there is clearly a, a, a common denominator here, which is that you are a great administrator, and I think you need to be a great administrator in order to be. great office manager um yeah so yes that's really
1: interesting and and so kind of intentional I suppose for you yeah kind of it was always like they always felt there was something maybe pulling me in this direction I've always been quite a kind of I'm a very social person I like being around a lot of people I'm very much an extrovert I was a theatre kid when I was younger which people are not shocked once they get to know me. And I'm a big believer that the office manager is the heart of an office. You are the heartbeat that keeps things going. You're that steady pulse that people can rely on, that you, they know you're there and that they know that you're you're there to support them. When I have when I new start starting, I say I wear a lot of hats and the only one that you have to remember is that it's my job to make your life easier. You're there as that support system and whatever that you need. I think I'm a real proponent of that. I think I'm a good example of that as well. And it's just so it's just something that's always pulled me towards just being that safe space, I'd probably say in the like in the workplace, basically. It's always been, um I like to think of office management as that little safe zone and that little haven, even if it's just to grab a cup of tea, just for someone if they're having a bad day and they go. I just need five minutes to decompress. I don't know if there's any Grey's Anatomy fans out there, but I'm a big fan of dancing it out. You have a bad meeting, go into the event space. We go into the kitchen, stick on some tunes. I'm a big fan of Lizzo for dancing it out right now. And you dance it out. You work out all of that energy. I'm the one before we go into client meetings, standing there doing power, Wonder Woman dance. and make, oh, mm-hmm. make them <laughs> all do it. Make them all do it before we go into a client meeting, before we have the we the board meeting last week, I was making them do it before the board meeting, like you're that it's so person. Funny.
0: It's so funny Babs because I teach this in our office management course and I get the delegates to stand up and do the superhero pose so yeah. for anyone that doesn't know about this and I need to remember now the the sort of facts but you, you basically put your, you know, do it with us if you want to, but you put your hands on your hips, you really need to be standing up, we're sitting down, but we're still doing it, me and Babs are doing it literally now and just like, you know, Superman, Superwoman, you kind of push your chest out and, you know, elbows behind you and you just stand and you just think how awesome you are and just feel like a superhero and yep. there is, I think it's Harvard or Oxford or somewhere that actually did studies on this and 120 seconds of the superhero pose per day is it lowers um oh what's the it's one of the things that like increases testosterone lowers is it cortisone or something I can't remember but it's really (laughs) good for you ultimately if you want the facts message me and I'll remember them after this pod but yeah so I love the fact that you you do something that I actually teach because there's a lot in common here about you know coping mechanisms in some yeah. ways and, and how to prepare, right? Mm-hmm. But also, yeah, that dancing it out thing is. I think office managers bring something. When you're good, and most of the office managers I interact with, you can just see in certain elements, and just in a thirty second conversation, they are really good at what they do. And a lot of that comes from within and that passion, that drive to yeah. support the environment that motivates people. Which is is you saying, you know, the one thing you need to remember is that I'm here to make your lives easier right and that is part of that the environment you you look after as well as the the vibes and the presence you give off by getting them to shake it out in the kitchen yep. to Lizzo I think you said didn't yep. you
1: Lizzo you we know like to do a good we do a good Lizzo shake out you, you have a you have a meeting I call them claggy meetings there's a good Scottish word for you but it's just you just leave a meeting feeling like there's just a negative vibe stuck to you like an ick and i'm like no let's let's not drag this into the rest of our day P- team let's go we dance it out we have a good shake You have a good giggle at people's bad dance moves and it doesn't matter and that's just i like we do it quite often i make them do it quite often <laughs> um, and it's need some videos of this because i would quite like to see it <laughs> i will get some there's probably the, ring, the 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 ring camera during the pandemic okay was joked that it was going to end up online somewhere one day because it's just me dancing past the ring cameras (laughs) (laughs) when I'm in on my own during like waiting for a new start to come in and pick up their laptop or if we were getting deliveries or anything like that it's just me dancing past the cameras (laughs) so um yeah I'm sure there's video somewhere to yeah (laughs) love
0: it love it I you know I absolutely love your attitude and your passion that is already you know just in one or two questions there is already coming through Babs so thank you for sharing this so we've we've got some really lovely highs, and I'm feeling all gooey inside because you know my my passion for these roles is so strong as well but what would you say right now is the most challenging aspect of your role for you and why
1: so probably the most challenging aspect at the moment and I think everyone will this will kind of resonate with a lot of office management and it makes me sound like a total uh Scrooge but I don't like budgetary control but hear me out office management budgets are always the first to go the fun bits are always the first to go and with every business just now there's always this talk of where can we save money? Where can we do this? Now, I went through this in my previous place in Fanjo quite dramatically. We got bought over and my budgets got cut by 70%. And yeah, they were, it was big. They were like, oh, everything's getting restructured. You're getting it all taken away. Um, and I always feel that that's always just a big bit of the office gets taken away. Now you can build things without spending money on them. Like I, I completely understand that, and I do do that an awful lot. There's a, there's not something that I can't phone and try and blag to get a discount. There's always a contract negotiation in there somewhere. But I think a real low, especially just now working in the industry that I work in, where we are client led. You, you spend your time building, building things up and building, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh no, actually the, the, the clients decided that they're not going to. Um, they're not going to build that. They're not going to build that piece, or they're not going to go forward with that project. And you're like, right, okay. Well, we have to rework everything. And I think it always seems to take a bit of an ebb away from the office. That's something that really kind of gets me down. Um, something as well that I'm really not enjoying at the moment is the the traffic, because <laughs> I have to commute to work every day, which sounds really daft. But when you spend your time in an office a lot of the time, and there's not a lot of people in there. It can be a little bit demotivating. I'm going to be completely open. We have an office of 50 or we can fit 50 in our office. And then with the hybrid working, if we have days where there's like me and two other people in the office and you're like, this is a bit rubbish. I don't want to be in the office because there's only a couple of people in. But then that also makes me sad that I don't want to be in my office because I love my office, if that makes sense. It's it really does. Yeah. I think
0: this is something that so many office managers are struggling with at the moment, and I have got some very strong views on hybrid yeah. and remote working, which I know people would disagree with. But it's nice to see that a we're we're all in this together in in the sense of office managers are struggling because a. The pressure is being put on them, I think, from CEOs and MDs to say, "Well, how do we get people back?" You know, Babs, it's on you to come up with ideas. Let's get people back in, and and it's such a huge topic that an office yeah. manager on their own cannot, I don't think, you know, do that. It's also down to kind of top-down influence. So if the top, you know, levels and line management things are Following the rules and are coming in, then other people will do that. It's it's that sheep mentality and that, you know, influencer mentality as well, where those from the top need to lead. Uh But also for the companies who have got like a, I don't know, a two-day at home, three-day mandatory in policy where people aren't complying with that, which a lot of people aren't, there's no repercussions for them. They're just getting away with it. And other people who do follow those rules are getting annoyed. And there's this whole mix I'm hearing about. So I agree and I think it is really sad that you know there is so much there and there is so
1: much benefit to being oh, there as uh-huh. well um, yeah we aren't doing it yeah we're um I'm very lucky that I have a senior management team um and I, our senior leadership team are they say we would like you there's no mandatory and made brave it's we would encourage you to be in tuesday wednesday and thursday so we refer to it as let's all be twats together <laughs> um and our senior management team do come in um they are in all the time Um, and, and especially tuesday wednesdays and thursdays we have a lot of face-to-face meetings and we do find the benefit of it but then we have like Fridays if someone's coming in and um, if we have a client meeting um on a Friday our office I'm in that I'm at home today because our, I took the executive decision to close our offices on Mondays because nobody was coming in so I said look unless there's a client meeting I'm not coming in the office is closed you can go in if you want but I'm not going to be there but we've had some times where client meetings have come in and it's it's been on a Monday and a Friday and I think it's 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 some people have a case of the Mondays or a case of the Fridays. where like, oh, other people will be in. I don't like getting my bed as early. And then we have a client coming in, or we have a big important meeting, or we have a visitor, and there's like four people in the office, and you're trying to show them around. And you're trying to be like, everybody's just in meetings, or oh, they're away out for their lunch, and it's just yeah, it's it you're exactly right. It's very demoralising for kind of the office management, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that will, that will feel the same way. I had a conversation and it, it seemed i had this conversation with our senior management team and i was worried it was going to be awkward but it actually wasn't i said i can't do this all on my own i can't bring people in on my own um short of bribing them but we don't want to do that because we're all cost of living crisis we're trying to make sure that we're saving as much money as possible and luckily they said okay we'll help and they came in and they they are the ones that are encouraging people to come in so it's coming from the top down in our place but I do know that other office managers don't have that support um and my best advice to them would be speak up speak out I know that some people don't feel that they can do that but you're the main reason that your office is amazing as you make it so speak up and make them listen to you. And I know it might be intimidating, and I know it might be scary, but you're such an integral part of that machine in your business. And I think people, especially new office managers starting out, don't realize how important they are to the, fun- the everyday function of a business. Um, and as office manager, we're in such a privileged position that we can make such a huge impact by just speaking and being ourselves. I'll go off my saltbox now
0: <laughs> yeah I love that and the thing is you know it does take a lot of courage especially when you are younger and you haven't got yeah. as much experience and therefore confidence in some ways because we know experience does naturally boost and bring confidence yeah but you don't really have anything to lose no. is the point to your advice then because if you're struggling you're feeling the pressure you're feeling like you're getting nowhere there is nothing to lose by trying to have those conversations and preparing for those in advance you know I would top top with some of my advice to yeah a hundred percent
1: there's a girl on TikTok who I follow and I share her quite often she works for another creative agency and anytime she wants anything off her boss she makes a powerpoint presentation and it is it's now seen as like a, a funny skit things so she wanted a new mobile phone to do social content she's done a PowerPoint presentation but there is a power in a PowerPoint presentation because it shows yeah, you put the work in so even yeah, if it's just power in preparing yeah exactly power in preparing you have your you have your even if it's two slides even yeah. if it's one slide even if it's just something yeah. to have Why, the yeah. win and yeah uh-huh. it's, exactly it, yeah and they will appreciate that and mm. they will um, they'll respect that from you because it shows that it's not just a flippant, I'm annoyed. And yeah. I- I need help. Be you need to do pack. this. Aha, uh-huh. you need to do this. It shows that you've put power in. Our CEO mm-hmm. is a big proponent of data. So anytime I take anything to him, I don't go until I have data because that will be the first question that he asks yeah. is, okay, cool, bring me the data, bring me the options, bring me the cost options. Um, there's so something ex- very
0: true in there, if you don't mind me jumping
1: in, which no, is actually- absurd another
0: good skill of a a great office manager to me is getting to know not just your business but the people who run your business and how they think and how they operate so that when you do need to go to them cup in hand saying I need more money or I need you to do a top-down approach to this and get the message out etc you know the approach to take like yours is a data person yeah it might be that some people just want feedback and you, you need to trial it or they're just a yes but you know condition based and there's all sorts of people so very very important this episode's tip is get feedback proactively when you can and particularly when you're new to office management or in a new role in a different company as the office manager Whenever I started at a new company as the office, operations manager, facilities manager, the different titles, but the same job ultimately, I would ask individuals or groups of people, for example, the assistants or HR or the line managers, what works well here and what doesn't. So I would then know what to improve on and probably act fairly quickly on it, or what to leave well alone because it just didn't need fixing at that time. I'd continue to gather feedback when I'd change things too, even as simply as the stationary supplier because the products would clearly vary a little and ensure that we presented as a team an open door policy so that all the staff felt that they could always come to us and let us know their thoughts. Just because we did that, we didn't necessarily always act on the feedback though. I even once did a soap survey after we changed the cleaning provider um, because it presented us with a few different soap options and scents and flavours to see which of the soap options the staff preferred and literally put a laminated sign in the bathroom, you know, with the pumps labelled pump one, two, three, and they would tick which one they preferred. So they decided what the new uh, flavour or scent of soap it was and it went down a hit and people talked about it for ages afterwards so ensure you're going out there and getting feedback because it will really expose you in a really good way to the staff and to show that you're open uh, to change and to feedback and to other people's opinions and thoughts even if you don't always take them on board. So what drives you and gets you up in the morning? We can see, you know, the passion and you love being Aunt Babs. You know, what is it that, that drives you and gets you out of bed?
1: This is going to sound really cheesy, but seeing my team enjoy the office, seeing my team, and I run three offices. So I have an office in Glasgow, which is our head office, which if anyone follows Made Brave on any socials, you'll see it's the cool neon one. That's our main office in Glasgow. Um, We have an office in Edinburgh, out at Leith. And then we have one in Kings Cross in Glasgow, uh, sorry, in London, which is above the five guys right at Kings Cross. Um, So we then, it's it's a building called The Lighthouse. The team there are absolutely amazing. But the thing that gets me up in the morning is seeing people enjoying coming to work. Now, that preferably would be in the office, but just seeing them on Teams, seeing them on email, engaging, and enjoying their workplace. I once had an interview where I built my entire explanation about why I should get the job. It was about that I love to make people love their Mondays. And I take that into every single thing that I do. Is this going to make my team love their Mondays? It's the biggest hurdle I think a lot of people have. It's the start of the week. There's a bit of a slug. Maybe you've had a, a heavy weekend. The weather's not that great up in Scotland today. So I was in a meeting with my leadership team and they were like, oh, It's Monday. It's rubbish, the weather's rubbish, they don't want to go to bed. I'm like, no, guys, it's not. Look at the amazing stuff we're getting to do. Let's switch that conversation. Let's make it positive. So I think that really, I think that really pushes me to to find new ways to be better. I'm always researching a new tool. I'm always researching something that we can, we can use to make better. A lot of them don't work. Probably about 90% of the stuff that I suggest doesn't work. But it's just finding that there's always that little one thing there's that little there's always that one thing that could potentially change the way and make things easier and make things better and improve people's day or improve people's impacts or improve the company's impact or make your impact you you more impactful there's always just that little you never know there's always reaching for that spark
0: excellent love it I know because we've been connected for a while On LinkedIn, you're pretty active on social media, and I really love that. And, you know, anything that office managers are doing to raise their profile raises everybody's profiles in this profession. And I think finally, over the last sort of five to 10 years, the profession is seen as a profession, is taken seriously, and people are starting to understand what we do. So you share lots of tips and stories, as I say, you're very active. So, can you tell us, you know, maybe one of the recent tips that you've shared, please?
1: So probably the most recent one that I've actually had the most feedback on, which I didn't think I would, um, was the one I did last week about how I manage my to-do list. Now, everybody has their own way of managing their to-do list. And I was I was actually talking through one of the team members what I did because they they see this app that I use called Tick, Tick and it's on my iPad. I'm all connected up on like my, like my app, my iPad and my, in my phone and I've got my Apple Watch and it's just, just everywhere, it's all over and they were asking about it and what it was and I was like oh well, it's Tick tech, tech and um, it's a it's just a to-do list system that you can use, it's online, it's across all the Apple product, products, I really really enjoy it and I really like it it's selfishly because it's got a really satisfying ding when you tick something off, <laughs> it's the, the main thing that won me over for it um, but and then they were talking about, oh, my to-do list's a mess and I don't know how to make it better. And I was like, do you know what? I'm gonna just pop something out and just say how I do it and how I manage it. And I got so much great feedback from people, people that don't follow me. I picked up a lot of new followers from it. And um, it was just basically about how I manage my week. So and how I started, which was the big exhaustive, I was that person carrying around the A4 pad of paper <laughs> that was just constantly in like just screeds and screeds of paper of just to do's and I was like no this isn't working for me and my brain doesn't work that way it was just becoming too overwhelming so I was like right let's work out what works for me and I had to pick something that worked across my personal and my professional life Um, and I found that tech tech was great and I also am a digital planner nerd love doing all the like the stickers and making it look really aesthetic and pretty I, may or may not spend far too much time on a Sunday night sitting, getting my, my weekly spread on my iPad ready for the week. Um, so I just thought I would share that. And that's what I really like, especially now, as you were saying, the office managers are sharing more about their their stories and their tips and um, the tasks that they do and stuff like that, because I think people don't realize how much that we do. And I think they are very quick to jump off that office managers are um, jacks of all trades and masters of none and that's really not the case we have to be masters of everything that we do and i like to really share that online and especially from the perspective of working as an office manager in a creative agency it's very different to working as an office manager say in a bank or a law firm or even a technical industry Um, they are we have all very different insights and I just like to add my little piece and build that amazing amazing tapestry that is office management so people can can see what it's like and give an insight into how amazing these humans are and what we do
0: yeah love that absolutely love it I yeah it's very similarly two things there so one going backwards is jack of all master of some is what I call it because there's so much we can't be a master in everything, you know, in my view, but master of none is definitely not um not the one. yeah, um yeah, so so the other thing that I um love and that I completely agree with you on is the tip ping noise. So Microsoft To Do yep. is what I use, which connects directly to tasks and things in, Out- in Outlook and all sorts of stuff. But that makes a little ping when you tick it off, and I absolutely went for that app because of that very reason. Yep. <laughs> it's <laughs> so just when, so yeah, so not trying.
1: But... See, especially yeah. if you have like such a long to-do list. And then if I know I'm going to have a really busy day, I do time blocking with the majority of my time. Um, I like I, if I know I have a chunk of I do all the travel for the company. So if I know I have a chunk of travel, I will book out like an hour in my diary to just batter through it and get it all done. And then I hold all of my to do ticks and then I go tick and it's like ding, ding you just feel so achieved it's just that little like you
0: save them up like sweets uh-huh. and you eat the good ones
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and like people in the office laugh because like I'll go through them all and then it'll be like right laptop down I'm gonna get a celebratory coffee because like, yeah. everyone hears it Ding! it's great Same thing
0: like probably
1: you know as the crossing off like I always
0: cross stuff off on my list and yep. did the line because i got yeah. satisfaction and that's what motivated me and drove me I knew that I'd finally done some of the longer tasks that you know were project-based or maybe just under project-based in terms of the time that they took and then the quick wins and it it is satisfying particularly when you do have such a variety you do wear so many hats and Mm -hmm. no one else really you know understood certainly when I was an office manager what exactly I did and it was only when the lights went off and the power went down or someone had an accident or the toilet was leaking that they'd be like Oh, that's what you do.
1: Yeah, uh-huh, exactly.
0: Um, yeah. OK, so can you now share something for us from your diary? So we ask all our guests to share something like a true story um, or as we've dubbed it, a you won't believe it,
1: but please. OK, Um. so I have a couple of these. Um. Probably my, well, my most recent one. At Made Brave, we don't do anything by half we love to make a a big splash if we're going to do an event it's going to be fully themed it's going to tie through to other things and I love that I'm extra I love a good bit of extra especially when it comes to a party so not Christmas there but the Christmas before we um at Christmas we always do a Christmas video so we always pick a silly subject um, and we create a Christmas film about it like a virtual Christmas card so we've done um, we turned the office into a giant snow globe we have our CEO dressed up in a ghillie suit and pretended to be a Christmas tree and scared people in 2021 um, we made a video about the fact that we had hired a giant by accident basically um, and we didn't realize until she showed up to the Christmas party So you can check it out on our uh, Instagram and LinkedIn and all that kind of thing. So one of our, uh, the shortest member of staff that we had, we turned into a giant. So via green screen and all of that, it was really, really cool. So that was a lot of fun to shoot, to pull that through to the rest of Christmas essentially. We also got a bunch of props in for our Christmas party. So the day of our Christmas party was a full day event. We were shooting all of our brand new headshots and we turned the office into Winter Wonderland. So we built a giant video arcade. We had a hot chocolate machine. The bar was open. We ordered pizza for everyone and we ordered all these giant props. So to be as if our giant has left stuff behind our on our on after our first day, and one of these things was a giant ice cream cone. So we had, uh, so we had a giant shoe, we had a big chair, we had a giant Game Boy. I am five foot six, and it was taller than me. It was huge. The the chair we needed a ladder to climb up to get into, um, and one of the things was this giant ice cream cone, um, and. Uh, because there was a scene where she'd spilt a drink and it was that she was quite clumsy and all that so we thought this was quite funny Um, and it was an exact replica of a smaller version that we had in the office of course this was a surprise for everyone I was fully addressing it nobody knew this was happening everything was being brought in at silly o'clock in the morning everyone was told not to arrive before half past nine so I'd be in the office from about five in the morning the team had brought in all the arcade machines that was all set up all the lights were all set up and the giant equi- uh, the giant props started to arrive and the chair came up no problem the, the shoe got stuck in our set of stairs so we have like you come in our office and you go up a flight of stairs because we're on the first floor the shoe got stuck um, because we couldn't move it and um, so there was a delightful pink
0: I've had meeting room tables stuck in stairwells in the past but never never a giant shoe yeah so
1: this was a giant glittery pink stiletto that you could sit in we were still finding pink glitter for about six months that got stuck ended up with a giant pink glittery scraper along the wall which I had to phone and apologize to our our uh, building manager for I was like Sorry, guys, like you've got a big, I mean, at least it's pretty and pink. So we had that. And then there was this giant ice cream cone. Now we got the base of the ice cream cone up, no problem, but we could not get uh, the cone and the ice cream was all one piece and we couldn't get it up the stairs. No matter what we done, we couldn't get it up the stairs. So we finally managed to get it up over the balcony and onto our floor and then realized we couldn't get it through the door. So we were like, right, do we dismantle? I'm Googling at half five in the morning how to dismantle fire doors because we were trying to get the fire door off the wall. I was like texting the building manager and was like, don't be mad, but I might be taking the fire door apart. I'll phone a joiner and we'll get it fixed, I promise. Now, at this point, our building manager at the time was not shocked with anything that we were doing anymore. He'd been with the company for, he'd been in the building for a while, so he was used to us. Um, But he said that was a new one. So... Through not, we couldn't do anything. We're like, right, we can't take apart the fire door. It's a health and safety risk. So let's get it back outside, and we'll just ditch the ice cream cone. So at that, the guy driving the van was like, "Could we get it in the window?" <laughs> I was like, "No, we're not. We're on the first floor. We are not getting this ice cream in the window. It's not happening. It's quarter to six in the morning. I've had more caffeine than I should have in a week. It's not happening." So. They were like, nope, we're gonna try it. And we have these giant windows at Made Brave, they're huge. Um, so then tape measures were out, hoists were created and anchored by like delivery men. There was like the little event manager who was tiny, was like pulling this ice cream cone through the window at like quarter to six in the morning. We've got it on video of this ice cream getting yanked up the building, scraping all of the building on the way up. This is probably better than your actual video of the giant, like the actual green screen. So so we managed to get it up and through and that was all fine. And we got it in and we were like, how are we going to get it out? Because we don't, like we've got no idea because it was a different team that were coming to get it later on that night. And they had to be out, like the ice cream cone was being used the next day. So I had to leave that night. So yeah, it arrived and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe you got that through the door. And we're like, through the door, through the window. And our office is across the road from the Glasgow CCTV company. And um, like the people that manage all the CCTV for the council and all that kind of thing. And um, as we were getting the ice cream cone back out of the window later on, the police arrived. <laughs> and we're like, hi guys what's happening and I was like we're just getting an ice cream cone I'm leaning out the window fully dressed from our work night out like hair blown out sparkly dress big high heels leaning out of another window talking to these policemen being like it's fine like we're just leaving so it was just oh chaos but in the best way because the surprise on people's faces was just oh chef kiss it was just so good but that was probably it, worth the, it made it definitely worth it yeah the complete <laughs> chaos um oh I love it yeah that was just and then probably another one from my previous place uh am um, a senior member of staff who shall remain nameless was interviewing someone on the one day and then they were coming in the, the interviews at Fandu were super super long and they were coming in the next day for the second half of their interview because they had child care commitments so couldn't do it all in the one go this manager then decided it was appropriate to go out in a night out and not go home that night. So came in the next day, wearing exactly the same outfit as the night before, which was a very distinctive shirt. And I was like, you have an interview in 15 minutes. He was so hungover and he was like, ah, ah. And I was like, you're wearing the same outfit. So then I'm having to go round we worked across the road from HM. I'm in HM on the phone to him going, What are your sizes? Because I need to get you a shirt. You need to sober up, go for a shower. We would showers in the office. I was like, Go for a shower. I'm going to buy you a new shirt. And just like, we had to like put them together to put them in. He's like, Oh, it'll be fine. It's just other interviews. I was like, No, it's the same. It's, it's the continuation of the person you met last night. And he had no idea. He was just like, Oh, it was, it was crazy absolutely crazy um oh but goodness. yeah it's the not things we do just tell me yeah, about it tell me about it it's never you never thought you'd I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be in like on the phone like what size are you like I need to know he's like I'm gonna brush a shower and I'll hold you back I was like no you need to tell me
0: you need to look appropriate and you <laughs> yes. absolutely don't right now so I'm gonna yes. sort this out for you oh, You need it's to wear so a different shirt than seems- the before <laughs> all those behind the scenes things though right like with with the props from this giant set and you know the the stuff like that that we just step up and we just get done and I love those stories so now tell me what would you say bar getting a giant ice cream cone through a window are your biggest achievements and perhaps some of your wins and successes Babs?
1: I think my biggest achievement to date was managing my office without a manage without an office um during the pandemic through oh, the first two years of my time at made brave I moved two offices uh so we moved our Edinburgh office we completely shut down one we moved that all into storage then I moved that back out into a different office we did the same with London we opened an office and then we moved an entire office um I onboarded nearly 30 members of staff all remotely um so that was a lot of like Getting to know the DPD man because he was coming to pick up stuff at my house. We threw very safe parties for everyone. We we did a, an away weekend where we all went out. We did outward bound training. Um, so we organize. I organized all that. We just made sure that everything was all kind of keeping running, and we grew our business by fifty percent. Um, through the course of a pandemic, which is I'm very we're very lucky to do. And then on top of all of that. We completely switched from G Suite to Microsoft Teams, so I headed up all of that, which was not stressful at all because I hadn't used Outlook since ten years before. I'd been G Suite loyal for many, many, many years, and all of a sudden, I got thrown into overdoing this switch, and um, which was meant to be managed by another member of staff who promptly handed his notice in once it had been signed off. So no, just project and ran. Yep. Yeah, so well, no. Asked for the project, provided the data, got it signed off, and then handed his notes in. they were like, oh Barbara will do it. <laughs> I'm like, great. Um, but yeah, I, I'd probably say just shifting the, the sheer amount of work that had to be done during the pandemic is probably my biggest achievement. I looking back myself 10 years ago, even five years ago, would never have thought that was achievable. Like Towards the end of my career at Fanjo, I was like, okay, this is where I'm going to be. I was happy in my space. I wasn't ever feeling like I would move. I was very comfortable. Moving to Made Brave made me very uncomfortable. It was a whole new game. It was a whole new business I had to learn. It was the first time working with two entrepreneurs, um, in Andrew and Stephen, and I, I basically had to learn everything again. And I think that's probably my biggest achievement is, is getting to the place I am today and um, it being pretty much successful for ninety five percent of the the stuff that I've done. Obviously, there's been some hiccups and things go wrong, but it wouldn't be wouldn't You're be human. Yeah, it wouldn't be office management if things didn't go wrong. No, absolutely wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so controversial question then: G yep. Suite or MS three hundred and sixty five? Oh, okay. So if you had asked me eighteen months ago. G sweet, till the end of time. However, and this is on record, and I have said this on record as well, Microsoft C 365 these days, they are bringing out some big guns. Like, I'm really enjoying the integration. See now that we've actually got a handle on it and that we actually understand and we've built the processes in place and it is all still like a living beast. We're still building new processes and all that kind of thing. Never thought I'd say it. There will be people who I work with screaming at me on Spotify right now because they'll be like, no, we're going back. We're not going back, guys. <laughs> I'm really, it's really, really yeah. good. And That's it, my brave. You're done. Yep, yeah, yeah, we're done. We're sticking. We work with an amazing IT company as well, who actually work they, they live upstairs from us in Glasgow. Um, and they are they've been fantastic as well. But it's yeah, no, never thought I would say it. Yeah. Okay,
0: good. So what about some tough moments now what
1: have been lows for you in your office management career so a big low for me personally has been I have experienced and we don't talk about this enough in our in our industry I think I've experienced burnout in a big way now there was a lot of other circumstances going on Um, I was working with a, a manager who wasn't Uh, wasn't the best was there was a lot of conflict that wasn't addressed by the company Um, despite it being raised by more than one member of staff and I just worked myself into the ground and really experienced burnout in a big way I was off work for several months dealing with that and to this day I still probably deal with I read an article about how if you if you if your body experiences true mental burnout it can take you up to 5 years to properly recover from it and i believe that like i still i still experience some situations where i want to get into old habits and it's taken a lot of work for me to make sure that i don't go into those Uh, don't go into those habits and don't have those reactions that I previously had but I think that was probably the biggest low for me and it made me question my entire career it made me really question what I wanted to do and I just I don't I don't think it's spoken about enough in the office management and PA as well space of burnout I I I know I'm, I'm a big I'm a big believer in that you're there for other people but you also have to ask for help and other people need to be there for you as well and you need to know that you're one person um, and that you and yourself and your being and your soul is just so important because you can't do all the amazing things that you want to achieve if that's not sitting right there's a there's a, um, a saying about you can't fill from an empty cup and it's very 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 true and yeah that's probably the biggest biggest low for me I'm very lucky now that I'm in an environment where if I am feeling that way I can speak to my I can speak to my bosses I can speak to my eight or people in culture team Claire and Erin are absolutely amazing um but I can get like you can ask for help we are a very good we have a we've built an environment where we can talk about that our CEO himself talks about it um but I do think it's not something that's discussed enough in the office management space and I, that makes me kind of sad because... Absolutely,
0: and I, I think the recogni- recognition of when you because I've I've had burnout as well um when I was working for one of the big American investment banks mm. and I was really unwell and this is this is going back 15 years when mental health was absolutely not on anybody's radar yeah um and if you don't deal with it what physically happens for me is it, it will come out in other ways so mm-hmm. um you know, there's this thing about fight or flight, right? So when you're yeah. under pressure, adrenaline increases in your body, and it starves other organs in your body of the oxygen and the blood flow, whilst it pushes adrenaline to your hands and your legs and your head and you know your brain and things. But if you have that over a sustained period of time, because you're not you know dealing with the pressures and the stresses, and or you know they're there and you you've just got to fight and constantly fight. It basically um, adds toxins to these organs. So for me, it affected my bladder and my stomach. Um, Mm. And yeah, and so whenever I have a weakened tummy or bladder, I sit back and think, am I stressed? And mm-hmm. then I go through the motions of what's triggering this and, you know, try and unwind it from there before it gets to a point where it is burnout. Yeah, um, But it is yeah. it is really hard. And I wasn't in, in an office management role back then. I had over a thousand staff to support um, and there was just two of us and she had about a thousand as well. So we wow. had two thousand staff between us. You know, and it was it was huge. And it was the first time I was about twenty five, twenty six. And I was I was stressed. I was signed yeah. off with stress. Yeah. So
1: absolutely,
0: absolutely agree.
1: And there's the there's the thing as well. And it's it's the office management guilt. You never take a sick day. You never, if you're not feeling great, if you're never, I not in May Brave, my add at a previous workplace was at a funeral and was still like, if you need me, I'm on my phone. And they were like, going to a family funeral. No, nobody's going
0: to leave. Ill, it'd be like two, three uh-huh. o'clock, and I'd be like, I have
1: to go home now. And I'd say, but I'll be online. I'll you be, know, I'd always be on my Blackberry. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very akin to like, you know, it's the office management guilt. It's the, it's the, or the PA guilt where you're like, oh, but somebody might need me. That If you're sick, your body needs you. Your body mm. needs to, your body needs to recover. Like, I have a chronic pain condition because I have a spinal injury. That's how my body flares up. Is that I get really, really painful when I get really stiff and sore, and that's how I know. Um, and it's it's taken it's taken me a long time to realize that was my trigger for knowing. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I need to just like take a step back, and maybe I just need to like work this out and all that kind of thing. But yeah, I just don't think it's spoken about. It's not spoken about enough, and it's probably the biggest low I've had in my career. Was yeah. was I- letting myself get into that point um and not asking for help and then realizing in retrospect how how early I should have and how um I mean retrospect's 2020 as they say um but it's definitely something that needs that needs to be spoken about more and people need to to realize the signs more because it can be so damaging
0: and you know you said that you almost Sort of part of the career off the yep. back of that, and I think I felt the same. Resentment
1: built up an awful uh-huh. lot for me.
0: I don't know if it's the same for you, yeah, but... but no,
1: hundred percent. I was like, I don't want to do that. Why am I doing this? Like, it's just I'm never going to get it. it's all these thoughts, these like these mm-hmm. intruding thoughts of, oh well, I'm not good enough, and I'm feeling this yeah. way because I can't handle it. So I'm just yeah. going to throw it all. Well, it's so obviously not for me. I'm just gonna throw it all away. And you just yeah. you don't you don't listen to the the people that are encouraging you and that want to help um mm. but yeah no that was the I wanted to get rid of my entire career I just wanted to be like right I'll just go to something else I'll go retrain as something else or I'll go work in a bar that, again how did
0: you how did you come back from that that
1: thought and that feeling what
0: got you back into it and, and happy and again and how do you manage that now um
1: a lot of therapy don't ever discount or underestimate the power of finding a good therapist. Um, I adore mine. Her name is Michelle. She's fabulous. Hello, Michelle. she probably listen to this and have lots of notes for me. Um, but also just realising my limits. I had to learn to set boundaries. I am there for everyone. I am here if you ever need anything. But also I need people to understand that I still have boundaries and that if I don't answer my phone, don't phone me back again straight away unless like the building's on fire. Like there's obviously situations, but I will make myself available at the weekend if there's something going on, if I know about it. I will make myself available at the weekend. I will make myself available after hours. But it's setting those healthy boundaries and not bringing your work home with you. Um that's really really helped me my partner runs a bar if I pick him up from work we have like there's about 35 minutes between his door and the home door and we have that first half of the journey he runs about his work second half of the journey I ran about my work and then as soon as we get in the door that's it we don't talk about it anymore and it's setting those healthy boundaries for yourself and I found that was a real real help for me I journal a lot as well because I found that really helped me. Just getting it out onto a bit of paper. I write myself a lot of voice notes. So like my notes app is filled with voice notes of me just getting it out and getting it onto paper or getting it somewhere so I can look back at it. I can listen back at it. I also had to learn a bit of humility to ask for help when I needed it because I was very much, I was in my mid twenties as well and was like, I can do it all I can do this I can do that I don't need any help yeah and it was just it was a real realisation moment for me and probably I grew all, a lot up a lot over those six months where I had to address a lot of my own stuff and um and my own um ego I had to get checked quite a lot um but I oh, really yeah didn't...
0: yeah and you know it is it's that thing of there is no shame in asking for help like we're we're the people that come to constantly for help and support yeah. in many different ways emotionally um you know physically um but yeah there is you know there is a point when a you have to recognize it again and coming back to those signs and, and under, understanding you and your body a little bit is, is yeah. quite helpful in that I think but yeah if if you if you don't speak no one knows no one is aware and therefore no yeah. one can help you okay so let's go on to the future for you what is in store for you Babs what are your ambitions from here
1: oh there's a lot of them <laughs> <laughs> um I would love to continue on um with my uh, well, I'm I'm going to continue on my career at Made Brave I have no idea where that's going to take me I want to stay within the field of office management and PA work. I love it. Um it would be great to have more offices to manage, which would be great. I'd love to have MadeBrief global, even though we are we are a global agency, but actually have global offices would be really really cool. Um I've always set myself a goal to open an office in a, another country. So open a country, uh, open an office in Europe. Over in the states, that's always something that I've I've wanted to be able to achieve. Seems a bit bizarre to people, but I just like to know how it works, and it would just be something that I would be. That would be like a, a crowning moment where I could I'd take a step back once people are in and go, "I built this, I did this." <laughs> um, in terms of personal growth, just building more on the skills that I have and building more on my just being a better version of myself like I'm really happy with the trajectory my career is taking at the moment it seems to be taking a very natural incline um I'm learning so much more about the business I was speaking to my boss this morning and and um, he was asking about me coming here and all of that and I, he was saying that it's it's very interesting because it's kind of like it's like a boot camp of entrepreneur 101 being an office manager because you get to learn all about the business, and you get to learn of all the different aspects of the business, and it gives you a real, a real insight. And he's like, "I'd be great if you want to start a business." I like, nope, because I've seen how you, I've seen it. and I'm, I'm good. i <laughs> will still just manage the office. Um. So yeah, I'm just, just excited to see what happens. More than anything, I'm really just excited to see where the universe takes me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have really enjoyed our our chat today, Babs. Thank you so much for giving up some of your time because time is precious in these roles, as we all know. And I really am grateful.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I've had a ball. It's been great. Thank you. Thank you.
0: This episode is sponsored by The Office Management Portal, our free online membership platform aimed at connecting, supporting and empowering office managers in a simple-to-use, all-in-one self-service resource. You can sign up right now at www.theofficemanagementportal.com and click the sign up button in the top right. If you want to upgrade your account to our premium membership at any time for unlimited downloadable templates and monthly expert masterclasses, use the code THE OMD for 25% off. That's the, THE OMD for Office Manager Diaries for 25% off. Thank you for listening.